I haven't given an update on the Oregon Senate because there hasn't been one. Republicans are still not coming to work and a quorum still hasn't been reached. Here's a quick catch up if this is the first post in the saga you're seeing. Almost five weeks ago on May 3rd, Senate Republicans in Oregon started a walkout. Not really a walkout because they didn't really walk out, they just didn't show up for work. They alleged it was over the readability of three bills. In 1979, a law was passed that all bill summaries have to be at an eighth grade reading level. Kind of unfortunately, no summaries ever are, but they just have a problem with it now. On three specific bills! One that would codify abortion access even for minors into law and expand trans health care. One that would increase the age that you could buy an assault rifle from 18 to 21. And one that's a marriage equality bill in case the worst happens. I wonder why it's just those bills. They'd said they'd come back if those bills were taken off the table, which we know they would because this has been happening for the last five years whenever they don't like a bill. But one thing's different this year. Voters overwhelmingly voted that if you have 10 unexcused absences, you cannot run for election the next term. Or you can run for election and you can win, but you can't be in office. Nine Republicans and one independent have reached that threshold. They're going to try fighting it in the courts. And because of the language of that measure, according to a Lewis and Clark law professor, they at least have an argument because it really isn't clear. People are confused how many years it lasts for, what happens if they do win, if they run. This is why it takes a while for Biden to put out an executive order, for instance. They didn't dot their I's and cross their T's as much as they needed to. The ACLU is optimistic, so I'm just going to be an optimist today and go with the ACLU. Now that you're fully caught up, here's what happened today. Senate President Rob Wagner, Democrat of Lake Oswego, met with Pat Doris, the host of The Story on KGW in Portland. A lot of what he said was, I don't focus on the law stuff, so you need to ask other representatives especially when talking about the bill. But he did say how constituents can maybe help. And I think that's worth listening to. Thank you for being available. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming down. You betcha. What's it take to get people to come back? I think we're still in conversation with a lot of people. Um, Ultimately, though, it's going to be people in communities and having conversations about why it's important. Why do they trust their democracy? What do we do here? And how they need to just come back and be able to participate. Um, That's what the Constitution requires people to do. So you're saying voters in the areas where the Republicans are need to start pressuring them to come back? I want to say the word pressure. I think it's just really important that people understand what we do in this building that impacts their lives. Right now, we have committees that are passing budgets for education and senior services and infrastructure. We have bipartisan bills that are just stacked up and waiting for people to vote on. I think when we get the message out about what actually happens here, that people are going to want to come back and do their constitutional duty and vote on bills. Well, we'll see. So if you live in a district with a Republican senator, contact your senator. That same news station, KGW, which is an NBC affiliate, also created a list of some of the most important bills that aren't being voted on and have mostly bipartisan support. So if you do live in one of those districts, you can talk about one of these. Evan Watson breaks down a few of the bills that are on the chopping block as long as the walkout continues. First up, Oregon senators need to approve bills to address Oregon's drug and fentanyl crisis. One would fix issues with the rollout of Measure 110 and support treatment and recovery programs throughout the state. Others would expand access to Narcan, an opioid overdose reversal drug that can be used to save people's lives. Next, Oregon has a shortage of public defenders. Sometimes cases are dismissed because there's no lawyer available to represent a defendant. Other times, defendants unnecessarily wait in jail for months before getting a chance at a hearing. Senate Bill 337 addresses this system. And a bill from the House would change how crime victims are treated and compensated. It passed with unanimous bipartisan support. And Oregon lawmakers need to figure out how to fund the I-5 bridge replacement. If Oregon doesn't work out its $1 billion contribution, that could put federal funding at risk. And as a top priority, lawmakers need to pass major budgets for schools, housing, government, and other areas. 
The group of Republican senators is also protesting the passage of other bills, ones that would provide abortion access for all ages and gender-affirming care, regulate guns, and enumerate marriage for all. Republicans have said that they'll return on the last day of the session to pass bipartisan budgets and bills, but Democrats have said they won't let that happen, saying Republicans in the minority don't get to pick and choose what goes through. So as it stands, the sides are still at a stalemate. That sounds like a lot of bipartisan bills that are kind of crucial. So if you have a Republican senator and you live in Oregon, you know what to do. If enough of their constituents say, actually, we didn't vote for you for you to walk out again, maybe some of them will change their mind. We only need, I think it's three of them to get a quorum. Easier said than done, but it's worth a shot. Shortcast Club.